Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. We are in a series called Church of Friends. And we at our church, we always say we're not just a friendly church, but we're a church of? We're a church of friends. But what I don't want to be is a church that says we're a church of friends, but we're really not, right? And I think that the church has this really beautiful opportunity to be an answer or part of the answer to an epidemic that we're facing in our culture, which is loneliness. Did you know that you could be in a crowd of people just like this, with people all around you, but experience deep loneliness in your life? Maybe that's you. Maybe you're going through a season of loneliness, and you need friends. And the church is just this really beautiful place, I believe, that is called to gather people, bring us all together, really have true and meaningful relationships and friendships, but we're going to have to do some work to get there, right? We've got some work, because how many of you know that that good friendships take work, right? They take time. They're not easy. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I just want to hang out with the people that it's easy to have friendships with and not the people that it's harder to have friendships with. But I believe that God wants us to bring, bring come together as a community under the name and the banner of Jesus Christ to be people who can have true friendships. Because my heart for you, Pastor Friedman, and my heart for you is that you wouldn't live in isolation, that you wouldn't live a lonely life. We don't want that for you. And so as we dive in today, I want to really kind of address something that I think happens in our friendships and in our mentality when it comes to relationships. And that's this. We have this tendency. Have you noticed this? I've noticed this about myself. We have this tendency to be all or nothing kind of people right? Like we're either all in with this friendship, they're our very best friend, or they're in my closest circle, or in a second we're like, that person's hard, I'm out, and you never talk to them again, right? And we cancel people. We can be this really like all or nothing kind of people, and I think that there is a middle ground that I want to talk about today when it comes to relationships and friendships. But I want to make sure that we understand the purpose for uh, what, how God wants us to uh, and enter into our relationships because when we're all or nothing people, I think one of the best things that we can incorporate into our friendships is something called friendship boundaries. How many of you have ever done that or heard about that before? Friendship boundaries. This is something really important that I think helps us have this middle ground in our relationships so we're not just all or nothing kind of people, right? But we got to have the right purpose for setting boundaries in our relationships. How many of you have ever had to set a boundary in a relationship? Maybe with a friend, maybe with a family member. I see you. And this is a kind of a hard thing to do, but I believe that it can be a life-giving thing in our friendships and our relationships. I want to make sure that we're on the same page, though, for what the purpose of boundaries are. Lisa Turkhurst just came out with a really great book on boundaries, and I love this sort of definition and purpose she puts to it. It says this, boundaries are for the purpose of loving others well without losing the best part of who we are. 
Isn't that cool? I think that that's such a beautiful purpose and definition for us to work from today. A long time ago, Pastor Pradeepan and I had this friend. We were kind of in the same friend circle, but this girl and I weren't like best friends all the time. And we were in this like circle of friends and this girl, for the most part, I don't know what it was, but she did not like me. And I was like, not quite sure what was going on, but I could tell like, she glared at me. She would talk behind my back. Every time I walked into a room, you ever walk into a room and you're like, it feels really tentious in here. You know, like what's going on? I walk into a room and I could tell that she was just mad at me all the time. Have you ever had a friend that's just mad at you all the time? And I was like, what is going on? And so I would go to her cause I was like, something's going on. I don't know what it is. And I would say, hey, like, are you mad at me? Did I do something wrong? And she would literally say to me, she would say, you know what? I've been treating you badly, Amritha, because I wanted you to come talk to me and ask me what was wrong. And I would just be like, oh, oh what? You know, like, and, and this went on. You guys, I cried about this friendship for months. I could not crack the code on what was going on between us and why we just, we, we just weren't working out. We weren't being friends. And I, and I tried so hard. I felt like I tried. And I knew I had some responsibility and I wasn't perfect. But I remember one day Pastor Pradeep and he just looked at me and he was like, Amrita, you just need to stop being friends with this girl. Like she is just causing you so much heartache. You're crying all the time. You're trying to figure out how to fix this thing. I mean, I'm kind of a friend person, so I'm like analytical and I'm just trying to figure this out, you know? And he's just like, you just, you just need to stop. You know, and I was just so mortified, you guys, because I thought, well, aren't Christians supposed to be friends with everybody? Like, are, like, wait, if we can't do friendship well, who can? Right? So I just was like, there's no way that I'm just going to end this friendship. Right? Well, something else happened. And I decided I'm, I'm done. You know, like this is a lot for me. And so I decided that I was going to go have a conversation with this girl and I was going to end this friendship. And I want to stop here and I want to say something to you about this. I want to say back then, I wish that I had enough maturity at the time to not be an all or nothing kind of person. I wish instead that I would have gone into a, a dealing with this situation less about being all or nothing and recognizing that there maybe could have been something in the middle between this girl and myself. Because it is really easy to just say, I'm going to cut this person out. They're just really inconvenient in my life, all this stuff. But I decided, you know what? I, you know, I, I got to end this. Now, I will say I had enough maturity at the time to not just cancel this person and not just stop texting them and not stop talking to them. I actually went to her and had a conversation. It wasn't an easy conversation and it was hard. I actually pulled in another friend of mine to sit. She was kind of this unbiased friend to sit with us in the room because I didn't want like, like words to be twisted and things to be like taken out of context right later on after this kind of confrontation that I was about to have. So we're all sitting there and I'll never forget. Well, before we got there, I'll never forget. I'm walking uh, up. We're headed to go see this friend that I'm going to go end this friendship with. And Pastor Pradeepan was with me and he was like, Amrita, I was sad. I was like 
frustrated and sad and kind of heartbroken that this wasn't working out. And Pastor Pritipin was like, I'm going to pump you up to, to get into this conversation and have this conversation. So he pulls out his MacBook and he starts playing Eye of the Tiger by Rocky as I'm headed to this. So I'm headed, I'm like sad and all I hear is dun, 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 dun. Pretty much like, you can do it. You know, like all this stuff. And so it's just this really like funny kind of weird moment. So I go, long story short, I sit down with this girl and if I'm honest, in tears, I tell her her, hey, this isn't working. I don't know what's wrong in our friendship, but I feel like I'm always letting you down. I feel like I'm never meeting your expectations. I think maybe we should just take all the pressure off this friendship. I think maybe we should, like, let's, be, let's just be cordial. Let's just, you know, but, but can, we just, can we just not, I, I cannot meet these expectations. And she cried. And she was like, well, maybe we could figure something out. And I just said, well, uh, maybe we could, but can we just pause? for a minute. Can we just pause for a minute? And I let her share her feelings and I shared my feelings. And if I'm honest with you guys, we actually prayed at the end of that conversation. We prayed together. And the friend who came to me, the friend that was sitting in there with me later, I mean, we were all sad. Like it didn't like, we didn't wrap that whole situation up in a bow. Like it was just kind of sad. And I'll never forget my friend who was also sitting there with us. Uh, she just looked at me at the end. She said, Amrita, she said, I really respect you for how kind you were about this conversation and that you actually cared for her heart, even though you were kind of essentially ending a friendship. And so I, I look at this situation and I'm like, man, I wish that I would have been so all or nothing. I wish I would have understood a little bit more about what I think God has for us when it comes to relationship boundaries. Because I was not convinced that God or the Bible was behind boundaries. I didn't know what that meant. I thought that as Christians, we just needed to figure out how to be really good friends all the time with each other, no matter what. And, and yet God has something to say, I think about friendship boundaries. This is where boundaries come in. But I want to unpack for you today that, that the Bible is where we see boundaries happen first. I want to be a person who follows the ways of Jesus. I want to be a person who operates in what I see happening in the scriptures. How many of you want to be like that? Because what I don't want to do is follow the world and how it says to sort of handle relationship conflicts. I have been down that road, right? So I want to look at the scriptures and I want to show you today where the Bible has us uh, introduces us to boundaries. It actually happens in Genesis at the very beginning. It says this, Genesis 1-2, the earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. And God saw that the light was good and then he, would you say this word with me? He separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. We see a boundary. Verse six, then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. And that, it, and, and that is what happened. God made this space to separate, can we say that again? Separate the waters from the earth from the waters of heavens. And God called the space sky. So we see a couple of boundaries already that God is putting into place in Genesis. Now I'm going to jump to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And then the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. 
Now, the next couple of verses, verses 18, and I'm going to jump to 22, are some of the best verses, in my opinion, in the Bible. Listen to this. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. So what did he do? He made a helper suitable for him. Verse 22, then the Lord God, everybody say it with me, made a woman from the rib and he brought her to man guys i just want to tell you girls are awesome you wouldn't even be here if it weren't for mothers can we give it up for women for mothers come on that actually has nothing to do with the boundaries part of this message i just wanted to say i just wanted to say that because it's fun because it's a great part of the, the bible so i love this i love when god says to adam he says this thing he says you are free to eat from any tree in the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil now i want us to stop and look at the first three words of this adam you are free did you know that god is the god of freedom He's the God of freedom. But in order to know the true freedom that we have in him, we have to know where our boundaries are. Boundaries bring freedom. And so God said, you can have everything. You can eat from any fruit of any tree, but not this one, not from the tree of the knowledge and good and evil. And I think it's because God did not want man to have to carry that kind of burden. So God made a boundary and he said, I don't want you to have to carry that. He created a boundary so that, so that Adam would be protected, so that Adam would flourish. That boundary was used for the freedom and life-giving presence of God in Adam's life. Isn't that amazing? Boundaries actually help us live in freedom. God, boundaries were God's idea before they were ours. And I love seeing that in the scriptures. And I wish I knew that back when I had this conversation with this girl. You see, God is always in the process of creating, or, uh, creating order out of chaos. There's chaos we see in, the, in, the, in Genesis. There's chaos in our friendships. There's chaos in our relationships. There's chaos just on the inside of us. But God is always bringing uh, uh, order out of chaos in our lives. And I want us to have that framework as we think about friendships today. I think most of us don't know really how to deal with chaos and dysfunction in our relationships and our families. I mean, have you ever been like, I do not know how to deal with this. And I have dealt with, I've dealt with things really poorly in my friendships and in my relationships. Can I help you today? Can I help you today be able to look at boundaries as something really positive that we can implement in our relationships? Because a lot of times I see two pitfalls when it comes to friendship boundaries or relationship boundaries. The first pitfall is this. We have no boundaries. Some of you are the kind of people that have no boundaries and you need to have some boundaries in your relationship. Sometimes we can have this sort of like inclination to be codependent. We're completely emotionally spiritually, physically reliant on someone else, and we need some boundaries. We're, we can be people who let everyone else tell us who we are, rather than being confident in who we are in Christ, and we need some boundaries. We need to understand. We will stay in toxic relationships that we should not be staying in, or we need to create some healthy boundaries around. I don't know about you moms, but it doesn't matter what boundaries I set with my kids, they always cross them. 
My kids always cross boundaries. Now, I have a few more memes. You guys ready for a few more memes this morning? All right, here's a couple of mom memes. Memes were our kids getting ready before kids. Aw, what was that like? And then after kids. Kids are everywhere when you're trying to get ready. All right, let's go to the next one. Kids, mom, mom, mommy, mom, me. Seriously, I'm on the toilet. Crossing boundaries. I tell you what. All right. What I thought co-sleeping would be like, what it's actually like. What it's actually like. I mean, I have been a mom, I still am, who wakes up sore because my kid sleeps with me in bed and has no boundaries. Okay. So anyway, as, as we look at this, I think there's some pitfalls that we fall into when it comes to relationship boundaries. And I think this, when we go back to the purpose of boundaries, the purpose of boundaries are for us to love others well, while also bringing, in the best, bringing out the best part of who we are. But if we are all or nothing people when it comes to relationships, it doesn't always do that. So we have to look at this very carefully. I think one of the most interesting and moving relationships between two people that I see in the Bible is the relationship between Peter and Jesus. There's all these different interactions that Peter and Jesus have, but I want to show you one interaction that I think is really amazing as Jesus set a boundary with Peter that I think we need to follow. Matthew 16, 13 says this, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now listen. From then, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took Jesus aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Now watch what Jesus says. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. I think this is a really wild interaction between Jesus and Peter. How many of you are like, that is the weirdest interaction? What was going on here? Why did Jesus put up a strong boundary with Peter when he did? I think we have to be curious about that. And why did he call Peter Satan? Was he just doing that for dramatic effect? Was he just trying to call Peter a really mean name? Why did Jesus do this? Well, I think this, Jesus did set a boundary. Boundaries are good. Jesus set a boundary here, but he did it with the understanding that people have parts. Everybody say people have parts. People are parts. That's exactly what I meant to say, actually. Yes, we all have parts. But I'm <laughs> Both are true. I could feel the room, like, where is she going with this? I'm going to take a drink of water just a minute. 
Okay. People are parts, everyone. We are all parts. And I say this because we are so quick to judge ourselves and other people based on one part of who we are and one part of who they are right? I think moms know this pretty well. When we have babies, all of a sudden, our old life is gone, and our new life has arrived, okay? And our life is just sucked in to everything baby. We feed the baby. We rock the baby. We put the baby to sleep. Then we wake up in the middle of the night seven times and take care of the baby. I mean baby, 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 baby. And some of us feel like we have this, at some point, identity crisis because we used to be this woman who was fun and could sleep more and had energy and now we have this different kind of thing going on and we love our kids and we love being moms but at some point it sort of just feels like man I'm not even myself anymore any moms you relate you you relate to this and it's just like where even you know I used to be so you know I think this is different for dads if I'm honest okay like because let's be real one of us when we had our baby slept through the night like not a baby, like, a, like an older person, right? Just slept through the night. And the other one of us was up every freaking hour and a half, okay? And so, like, I, like, not trying to throw my husband under the bus here, but it's different for moms, right? We are, we just feel a little bit different. I mean, I just remember feeling like, you know, like, I just feel like I'm not just a mom. I am these other things as well. I'm still those things. I'm just in this different season of being a mom, right, to a baby, and uh, I, I just had to re- realize, you know, I am still a mom and a pastor. I am a mom and a friend. And even though I can't stay awake past 9 p.m., I'm still cool. Like, still, you can still ask me out. I will still go with you. Thank you. I'll just have pretty fun babysit, okay? And I'll go out with you. And so as we look at this, we have to remember that people are parts. So I, here's how I wanted to point this out to you. Peter had just answered Jesus's question, who do people say to the, that I am? And Jesus said this, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, Peter, the spirit of God has revealed this to you. And in the next moment, what happens? Peter says, Jesus, come here. He pulls him aside and he says, over my dead body. This is not going to happen. We are not doing this. Like, I, I will never let this kind of thing happen to you. You will not suffer. We will not. And he completely re- missed it. He missed it. I mean, who was Peter? Was he the guy that believed in Jesus' destiny to save the world through his death and resurrection? Or was he the guy who got fearful and started freaking out about what was going to happen to Jesus? The truth is, Peter was both. He was both. There was a part of Peter that understood what needed to happen. And there was another part of Peter that was also scared, was also really like, I don't, I don't think that this should happen, Jesus. And Jesus said this, you need to, you need to get away from me. Get away from me, Satan, because I, I just, no, you're operating in a different place. And so I want to make sure that we realize that there are different parts of who we are. There's actually a psychologist talk about this, uh, about how we're made up of different parts. Pastor Pradeep and I have been learning a lot about this in our own counseling, in our own therapy, even as we interact in our marriage. And there is actually a, a therapy called parts work. And uh, there's this, this, I want to give you, give you kind of this definition of what this is. 
parts work is a therapeutic lens that assumes that each of us has many different parts to our minds and psyches. Each of these or sub-personalities has unique needs, wants, and beliefs and may be consciously or unconsciously helping or harming us as we move our as we move through our days encountering different situations, triggers, and scenarios. By bringing our awareness to these many different parts within us, giving each a voice, learning what each needs, wants, and fears, and understanding when, how, and why each gets triggered, we are then more able to lovingly integrate but not eliminate the many aspects within us to create more choice, expand our capacity to creatively problem solve, and to give us a greater sense of wholeness and aliveness in our daily lives. Isn't that amazing? We need to accept this about ourselves. We need to accept this about the people we're married to and the friends and the children that we have. I mean, have you ever thought this to yourself? Like, there's a part of me that wants to do this, but another part of me just kind of wants to go do this. Do you realize that we can have two contradicting thoughts at the same time? I mean, today after church, there's a part of me that wants to go out and celebrate Mother's Day. And there's another part of me that wants to take a long nap because I can. And I don't have to feel guilty about it today, right? We can have these different parts of us that are all coming together at the same time. And I think that we can relate to this. There are parts of us, everyone, we need to realize and think about this with your friendships. There are parts of us that are wounded. There are parts of us that don't act right because we've got a lot of trauma in our lives. There are parts of us that are carrying lies that repeat over and over and over in our heads. There are parts of us that are just going through a hard time. And there are parts of us that are just plain susceptible to sin in our lives, right? And I think this is where the chaos begins to happen. There's chaos within us, and there's chaos within our relationships. And what did we learn earlier? God is constantly bringing order to chaos. He's constantly bringing order to chaos. So in our relationships, maybe we have a friend. This friend is always so negative. They just constantly drain me. But you know what? This friend has always been there for me. They've always showed up for me, right? This is a, a two parts of the same person. Uh, maybe you're like someone who has parents who are always calling you and texting you and feel like they have no boundaries. They want to spend all of their time with you, you know, and it's just too much. And you're like, I need a boundary between me and my parents. And maybe you could even say like, but you know what? My parents, at the same time that they're driving me nuts, they're the people who, they're some of the best people in the world. They're the people who show up for me whenever I need anything. You know, Pastor Pradeepin, I don't know if you know this, but uh, he also is a person of different parts, and he loves to doom scroll, okay? And he's talked about this a little bit in his messages. Let me just tell you what that is. Doom scrolling is basically his love for studying the collapse of the world, okay? He likes to do this. I don't know why. And so he does this. And then there's another part of of him that is one of the most hope-filled people in the world because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So in one second, he's telling me, Amritha, don't you dare ask chat GPT to solve climate change or the robots are going to kill us all, right? But the next sentence, he's the guy who's saying there's a beautiful future for our children. What? I mean, what is this, right? What is this? I mean, there are different parts of who he is. 
But I want us to get this. I want us to catch what Jesus did here because he set a boundary in a really beautiful and important place in his relationship with Peter. He said this. He said, Jesus, you got to realize Jesus doesn't say, go away, Peter. What does he say? Go away, Satan. See, he was talking to the part of Peter that he needed to put a boundary around. Do you see this? But he was not talking about all of Peter, the disciple he loved, the man of God he knew Peter can be, right? And so this is really beautiful. The boundary was put in the place between Jesus and the part of Peter that was coming against what Jesus had to do. And that's where I think this is such a beautiful moment where Jesus begins to accept the good parts of Peter and the bad parts of Peter. Can you be a person that accepts the good parts of people and the bad parts of people? I think we struggle with this. I think it's hard for us when we see the bad parts of people. But Jesus had the ability to do this. And I know that this is where the chaos is. And I know this is where it feels like chaos in our relationships or in our friendships. But I want you to know that God is going to help us bring order from chaos. And I believe boundaries are going to help us do that. Amen? Uh, I want to just, before I go into kind of a continued path about boundaries, I want to just acknowledge here, I'm not actually coming against boundaries. I know it kind of can seem like that as I'm preaching this. My heart in this is to say to you, I have seen so many people in the last few years in the name of boundaries cancel people and do boundaries in a really bad and hurtful and mean way. Okay, And so what I want us to realize and what I think that is so powerful about Jesus is that Jesus used boundaries to not protect himself. He used boundaries to elevate other people and his healthy relationships with people. And so I'm not coming against them. If I can be honest, we all need boundaries with people. I'm not coming against them. We all have a certain amount of capacity for people. Okay, And what I see often happen is when we begin to step outside of the capacity in which we have, chaos begins to ensue. Because we're all limited in the capacity that we have for friendships. Okay, But what happens is, listen, God is the only one that is unlimited. But when we start acting like God, and we start acting like we have no limits to our capacity, it gets crazy. Right? It gets crazy. And we begin to have chaos within ourselves and we begin to have chaos within our relationships. So I'm not against boundaries. I think they're important. I'm going to leave you today with practical tools on how to set good boundaries. But I want to make sure that we see that people are different parts. And I want to go on to say that we can't mistake the part for the whole. We can't mistake the part for the whole. I remember when I met Pastor Pradeep and I met him at a church in Colorado Springs and I remember just going through such a hard time in my life. I had just moved from, to a new place. I was just going through a lot of like uh, unhealed trauma in my life. I was, just, I was a wreck. I mean, honestly, I didn't even recognize myself. And I remember, I pretty even was a leader at this church. And I would go to this church and I would go late to the service and I would leave early because I didn't want to talk to anybody because I was in a bad place. And do you know what I realized? Like, I was afraid that if people met me and knew me while I was in a bad place, they would judge me and think that was all of who I was. That's what I thought. And then this boy who was there, pretty Ben, he apparently was noticing that I was doing this. 
And I'll never forget, I was standing in worship, in worship, my hands were up. I was lifting up the name of Jesus. I was worshiping him. And Pradeepan comes over to me and he taps me on the shoulder while I was worshiping. The nerve, the nerve of this guy. And he comes over to me, he's like, hey, Amritha, I just noticed that, you know, you come in late and you leave early. I just wanted to know, like, like, do you want to hang out with me and my friends? Because he knew that he wouldn't be able to invite me to, to ask, or he wouldn't be able to see me to invite me because I would leave before everyone else did. But I tell you this story because I was afraid that people would judge me for where I was at in church. I don't want us to do that. I don't want us to be afraid that when we're going through a hard time or when we're not ourselves or when we're struggling and what comes out of our mouth, it really just isn't great. It's not really who I am, that I'm going to be judged for the whole of me, right? I want us in our friendships and our relationships to know that we understand, we have an understanding here in this church that, 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 that we're not going to mistake the part for the whole, Right? We're going to see people for their wholeness. You know, Bob Goff has this really great quote, and I'm going to end here in just a minute. He says, there's a difference between good judgment and living in judgment. Okay? If you live in judgment, my guess is that your boundaries are constantly, you're, you're constantly putting boundaries around people, and every single person you meet and try to have a relationship with, all of a sudden you get to a place where you're like, that person's toxic. That person is messing with my mental health. I need a boundary. And what ends up happening is that you just sort of drop them because you're judging them. If you live in judgment, you are going to judge everyone, and no one is going to be good enough friend to you. And they're not the ones who are all toxic. Most likely you're toxic. I hate to say it. We have to check ourselves about that. We have to take responsibility for ourselves. But if you live with good judgment, your boundaries are probably bringing order from chaos. Your boundaries are probably uplifting and caring for a person while also bringing out the best in yourself. Amen? So this morning, I just want to say this. Don't boundary your way into isolation. Because really what you're doing is canceling people out. Don't do that. Now, am I saying stay in an abusive, manipulative situation? No. I just want to tell you right now, if you're in some sort of relationship that is harming you, I want you to get out and get safe. The scriptures back you up in that. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we're not trying to eliminate people when we set boundaries. We're trying to just eliminate certain interactions. We're trying to just put boundaries around ourselves and around that person to uplift and bring health to a relationship and to a friendship. You guys following me? I believe that we can do that. I want to just end with this story. You know, my, my journey to being a mom has been really interesting. When my son uh, turned 16 months old, many of you guys know this, he was diagnosed with autism and he deals with such severe developmental disabilities. And during those, like, I mean, it was like a two-year process where we went to a ton of evaluations for our son. And every evaluation, all we were talking about is what my son is not doing well, the ways he's behind, the developmental issues he has. I mean, we were just putting him under a microscope. Did he eat right? Did he sleep right? Did he do this right? Did he do this right? And I began to go into this mode where all I could see in my little boy were his flaws. But that wasn't all the part of who he was. That was just a part of who he was. That wasn't his whole. Do you know that my little boy can light up a room with his smile? 
I mean, he's the kind of kid that will persevere through anything. He's amazing. And I don't want to be a mom who only sees the part of him and judges him for that and treats him like that. No, he's my son. And I believe today that you need to understand that God sees all the parts of you and he accepts all of them. And he loves you. And he's challenging us, I believe, Kalos, to be a church of friends, not just a friendly church, but a church of friends. Can we do that? Can we be a church that does healthy friendships, healthy relationships? I believe that we can do that. So I want to end with this. Number three is this. Set the boundary. Set the boundary. I want to give you four just real quick practical steps. Number one is this. Identify the chaos. What's the chaos happening in you? What's the chaos happening between you and this friend or this family relationship? Identify what that is. Number two, don't mistake the part for the whole. Most likely there's a part of what's going on between you and this friend that's having a problem, but it's not all of who they are. It's not all of who you are. Don't mistake the part for the whole. Number three, set the boundary. Set the boundary. And I added this in parentheses, talk, don't text. Please do not set boundaries with your friends by texting them with that. Talk to them. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. And we like to shy away from that. But please, I beg you, if you need to set a boundary with someone, go talk to them. Don't text them. I've been on the receiving end of getting a text from somebody who says, Amrita, I need to draw a boundary between you and me. I didn't get a chance to say anything. I don't really even understand what happened. Like, and it was really hurtful. But I'm choosing not to just see that person as that's the whole of who they are, right? And number four, ask yourself, if you ask yourself if you've loved this person well, while also bringing out the best in yourself. Amen? Amen. I believe, Kalos, that we can have beautifully healthy friendships and healthy boundaries in our relationships. I want to pray for you this morning. So why don't you go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. Father, I thank you so much for this church. I thank you so much for this family. God, I, I want to just lift up everyone in this moment right now that has someone in mind, a family member or a friend that they're struggling with, that they're struggling to not judge and just sort of globalize all of their flaws and just want to leave them behind. But God, I'm asking that you would bring every one of these people wisdom and how to deal with their friendships and how to deal with their relationships. God, we need your wisdom. We need you, Father, to guide us and lead us into what it means to be real and true and kind and wonderful friends to one another. So I thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Help us, Lord, to love our neighbor as we would also want to be loved, to not be judged for only parts of who we are. So Lord, we love you. We worship you. We thank you for your presence today in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time.